I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Welcome back to my alchemical bromance. This is Eric Arneson. It is uh, it's early morning. It's the day after the Twin Peaks premiere. Uh, I know that the other guys are going to have a lot of thoughts about it, but I wanted to share mine. I uh, I really liked it. Uh, let me talk a little bit more about why. Uh, I don't think there are going to be any spoilers, so if you haven't watched the premiere, you don't have to necessarily turn off, but um, the thing that really stuck out to me the most, I think, is that... Uh, I binged watched like all four episodes that became available uh, yesterday and it was totally a David Lynchian experience. It felt like David Lynch and I know David Lynch directed them um, and it felt like it. It felt like his stuff was there. It felt like it, the, the pacing was was kind of slow and methodical and very David Lynchy. Um, a lot of silence, whereas I feel in the early show, there wasn't as much silence or the silent parts tended to be filled in with sort of like the jazzy background music with all the snapping and stuff. Um, and I really liked that they didn't gloss over the fact that the uh, original series back in like 91 or 92 uh, didn't have a really happy ending. I've read a lot of critique online lately. Well, maybe not a lot, but a few places I've seen uh, folks complaining about the original Twin Peaks series saying it sucked. <laughs> uh, there were some big chunks of it that weren't super awesome, but I don't think anybody realizes how boring television was in the early 90s. Like It was the only thing out there that was really exploring the supernatural in a way that wasn't you know garish and predictable and and wooey uh it was the only and and i mean it inspired so much stuff i mean uh but yeah like at the end of the at the end of the uh original series there's this goofy plot involving the miss twin peaks contest with with all of the pretty actresses who are the main character actresses all getting super excited about like oh it'll be a dream come true if i become miss twin peaks and then um agent cooper's uh, love interest that's kyle mclaughlin's character agent cooper's love interest annie gets kidnapped by windham earl and taken into the black lodge and and uh, agent cooper follows him into the black lodge to try to save annie which he does but in the process his doppelganger who may or may not be the evil spirit Bob. I don't know if that's been answered yet. I don't... You see both of them at this on, on screen at the same time in the Black Lodge at the end of uh, the original series. Um, but that character is never really... I, I, I don't know. I'm sure that'll be answered. I don't know if... Uh, I don't think that the Bob character is uh, coming back in this season. I, I didn't see him on the list of uh, cast when I checked with Wikipedia. So maybe Dale Cooper's evil doppelganger is Bob. Oops. 
No, we don't know that yet. It might, it, it maybe. But uh, okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about spoilers. So you might want to put it on pause until you watch the first four episodes. The introduction of Dale Cooper's character was a great scene. Like it starts off with this slow, like music that sounds purposely slowed down. And it sounded familiar. I think that's a song that I'd heard before or something. And it's just super great. Uh, that part was fun. I just realized there's there's background noise because I'm recording this at my apartment and there's construction in the lot behind my apartment. So uh, you're just putting up with what I have to put up with every morning right now. Um, all right, so all right, that's enough about Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is cool. There's a couple other things I want to talk about. First, I've been playing around more and more with recording um, and recording equipment stuff. Uh, I'm learning a lot. I know you guys are kind of having to suffer through that as we record episodes, for instance, outdoors in the wind. And, uh, I don't have one of those little, uh, furry troll hats for my uh, portable recorder yet, which supposedly blocks wind noise. Um, and my little brother, Nick Arneson, you should check him out at nickarnesonmusic.com. He is, uh, he's a, he's a, he's been playing music since forever since since we were both kids and um uh, i was recently over at his house and we recorded some of his music on my portable recorder and we did it in two different ways we recorded once using um microphones plugged into the uh, xlr xlr inputs in the in the task cam and the other time we just used the the mics and just recorded him in the room they both turned out really good I was really impressed by this recorder. I it, I don't know if you guys know the story, but when Chuck Dunning was coming to town and we were like, oh, we got to record him. We have to get an interview with Chuck Dunning. And Joey and I weren't totally set up for this. And Matt uh, couldn't make it down. So right away, I was like, I'm just going to get on Amazon and just order a digital recorder. And I was so uh, eager to get one in time for Chuck's arrival that I didn't do a whole bunch of research and I may have ended up spending, in fact, I think I did. I got sort of like Tascam's portable musician recorder instead of like something that's more suitable for podcasts. So I spent, I spent a little bit extra money and got this, you know, four track recorder thing. Uh, it's great for recording music. Holy crap. My brother said, I mean, he sounds amazing live and it, it really felt like a really authentic experience, like listening to that recording again. So he gave me permission to share one of his songs, or one of the songs that we recorded, um, and I don't know which one yet. He has to kind of approve of the edit, but uh, here we go. This is my little brother, Nick Arneson. side of the road to break so we could go down into Los Angeles dirty hands and worn out me ooh I keep crawling back to you ooh 
back to you Ranger came with burning eyes Chamber made awoke surprised Thought she'd seen the last of him Shook her head and let him in Rolling back to you Ooh, I keep crawling back to you Hey baby Something in your eyes Try to say to me I'm gonna be alright If I believe in you It's all Wasn't that great? Isn't he an amazing musician? I love it. I love uh, listening to him play. Uh, okay, so occult stuff aside from Twin Peaks. I recently, within the past couple months, have started uh, working more and more with uh, grimoire magic, which is really fun and a very okay. Maybe fun is. I mean, magic is always fun. Like, that's, I think, one of the things that occultists don't really like to acknowledge very much is that a lot of what we do is is uh, is pretty trippy and fun. But so I recently started working with um, summoning spirits into a crystal ball uh, using, and I used uh, 
a method really similar to the one developed by Johannes Trithemius. Um, you can look his work up. It's been in the public domain for like 400 years. Uh, and I believe this particular tract is called uh, A Method for Summoning Spirits into Crystals. So I took that, which, which is a pretty simple procedure. It is a, an opening prayer, um, a consecration of the crystal, followed by uh, an invocation or a summoning um, of the spirit that you want to uh, talk to, followed by, and then Trithemius lists, like, these are questions you should definitely ask. You want to, you want to make sure that, uh, I mean, you should read Trithemius's questions, but they basically include things like, you know, are you actually the spirit you say you are? What is your office? What you know, is the airspeed of an unladen European swallow, uh, and that sort of thing. Like it's 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 a set of like really definite questions, uh, followed by a license to depart and sort of a declaration like, "Hey, we have peace between us, and you know, you're mine to call now anytime I wish." And that, uh, and it's it's super easy. Now you compare that to a lot of grimoire work, and grimoire work involves like magic circles and lots of tools and implements and and all sorts of stuff it gets it gets very complicated i have theories about the levels of complication involved in that kind of stuff and i kind of shy away from it so i decided i would experiment with the with the summoning process without um all of the tools and implements now i still you know i have a working altar i have um I have a good number of tools and implements that I that I still use that I've just sort of collected and built over the years. Uh, and one thing that I have been spending a lot of time on, as has come up in a few of the past podcasts, is uh, electronics and incorporating like um, digital electronics and electronics into my practice. So I first of all have my smart smart altar, which um, lights up according to the planetary colors. It is turned on right now, and it is the day of the moon and the hour of Saturn. And then I programmed, I, I wrote some really simple Arduino code to control an RGB LED and a normal red LED. And I made the normal red LED sort of flicker randomly to simulate a candle. And the RGB LED pulses through different colors at the same time. So there's sort of flickering and pulsing going on. So I took this setup, I attached it to a little tiny breadboard, then I sort of wrapped the whole thing in tissue paper, in, in, in colored tissue paper to sort of diffuse the light. And I put that behind the crystal ball so that I get sort of hints of flickering and light around it. This is in lieu of using candles. So that setup was pretty nice. Now, um, of course, beforehand, uh, as you always should when, when working with sort of spirits or anything like that, you know, you center yourself, you meditate, you, you, you have a prayer, you, you cast some sort of protective circle. Uh, in my case, I use a Kabbalistic technique that's sort of related to the 231 gates, which I'm not going to get into right now. And there's, and then there's some, this is interesting. This is something that I, uh, is very, very hard to describe to beginning 
practitioners and even and especially to people who aren't practitioners at all a lot of stuff that happens when you practice this sort of stuff we don't have really good language for describing it so it always sounds like we are summoning spirits or doing things that you see things in, in what you call your mind's eye. Trithemius calls it the spirit eye. So in Trithemius' opening prayer, he actually asks God to uh, to like bless and open his spirit eye that he may perceive the spirits in the crystal. And this is really fascinating to me um, because I feel like it's not something that's acknowledged by every practitioner. You know, for instance... Uh, like John D was in, unable to scry his own angels, and he had to have Edward Kelly do it in a in the in the crystal. And I wonder. Now it could be like you know, for me, I scryed and described what I said, what I saw into the recorder, and then transcribed it later. So it could be that you need to have a scryer and a secretary in order to get that sort of stuff done. Uh, and I can understand that you can't you you enter into such a weird trance as you're staring into the crystal and and experiencing stuff that you don't really get uh you know there's no way to like look in there and write stuff down at the same time but the the additional electronics you know i it, it seems to really really create a a helpful atmosphere and a helpful experience so that was pretty cool okay you know i haven't talked yet about the beer i'm drinking and that's because i'm not drinking beer it's you know 7:30 in the morning or something like that and i am drinking um black tea pg tips out of a out of my pan sophie mug um, a friend of mine a good friend of mine used to run a shop locally called pan sophie and the uh the logo she created or the design she created is really cool it's a heart with a tetragrammaton in it with wings flying off to the with wings coming out of it below it is a a circle in quarters with the alchemical symbols in the in the four quarters and below it are three feathers sort of dangling down it's a really cool um image i wish she still used it okay so that's about it for today i just wanted to record another short eric episode because i kind of like doing them and i wanted to get to share my brother's song i'm kind of thinking i might just stick a song in here without asking him first um but we will find out. So, until next time. Oh, man. And since I'm putting this episode out now, uh, you should know that some of our upcoming episodes are really, really awesome. Um, we've got a sex magic episode. We have an interview with Lady Masons. Um, then, a, then an interview with Guy Masons. We kind of interview ourselves. Uh, and then we have... Um, an interview with uh, with a guy who got a de- got a master's degree in Western esotericism from the University of Amsterdam, which is a real thing. Uh, yeah, it's it it keeps getting better. We have some really fun stuff coming up, so please keep listening. Uh, send us your comments and your feedback. Feel free to insult my audio editing skills, uh, but only if you can give me some tips on how to get better. And uh, you can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Google Play and everywhere that fine podcasts are broadcast. 
Alright, thank you guys. Yahtzee.